The shield was untouchable. And we will go down in the history books as one of the greatest groups in sports entertainment ever. We dominated WWE, we beat everybody. Even Evolution. But we weren't healthy. We had a cancer inside of us, little did we know. And that cancer's name, that cancer's name was Seth Rollins. History is full of people like you, Seth. Everybody in this building knows somebody like you, Seth. The kind of guy that would stab his brother in the back. Suck up. Would sell out to the authority. Now, when I get the opportunity to rearrange your face, which I will, Your nose isn't going to be here anymore. It's going to be over here. By your ear. I say ear because you're only going to have one left. I'm going to rip all your dirty, stinking hair out by the roots. I'm going to stuff it in your mouth. There'll be plenty of room where your teeth used to be. Seth Rollins. My brother. You are scum, and we are looking forward to what that scum has to say tonight. We want you to stand out here in this ring in front of the whole world and lie through your teeth. We want you to stand out here in the middle of this ring in front of the whole world. And we want them to hear Triple H's words coming out of your mouth. We're going to listen to every word of it, and then we're going to beat the hell out of you. Welcome to Match Club, a podcast from fight to feud and back again. My name is Charlie Davis, and I use they and them pronouns. And I'm Mikey, and I use he him pronouns. And this is episode one of a brand new creative endeavor. Otherwise known as a podcast. <laughs> yes. I thank you for tuning in. You know Mikey and I from the podcast, The Young Ones, a podcast all about teen superhero teams and why we love them. But this is not that. <laughs> if you don't know us, thanks for joining us. Yes. So... Welcome to episode one of Match Club, which is a podcast that is primarily dedicated to explaining and telling stories about wrestling, feuds, fights, whatever you want to call it. Wrestling has, at its core, a lot of storytelling, and I decided that a lot of people probably didn't know that, and I should enlighten them, and Mikey is here to join me for that. Yeah, and I'm someone that is relatively new to the world of wrestling. I followed wrestling primarily through friends that would just post, like, wow, these two in a tag team, like, sure are cute together. 
And I only really started watching wrestling seriously last September when AEW started airing um, AEW Dynamite. And then we've gone back through the annals of wrestling history together, Charlie and I have, um, slightly. But a lot of it I'm still pretty new to. So Yes, yeah, so uh, Mikey's here as the audience stand-in. Hi, hello. <laughs> While I go off on, I don't want to say tangents, but I got deeply invested in wrestling last October, and uh, here we are, which I figured was going to happen at some point in time. So, this podcast, like I said, will all be primarily about stories and wrestling, so things that have a very concrete start and finish um, to each episode, so there'll be a consolidated like feud and storyline that we'll focus on. Each episode, so it'll be one, easy to follow, two, easy to get into, and three, maybe pique your curiosity. Um, so you can actually get into it because wrestling is a lot like comic books in that it is hard to simply jump in, or at least it seems that way. I just kind of did it, um, but I also was very familiar with wrestling because I loved wrestling as a kid. And I just like wandered my way back into the room. So I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling because they had too much catch up on. That's <laughs> what everybody thought it was at the time when like Steve Austin bladed. Everybody's like, he was hiding ketchup packets. It's not it. <laughs> no, I know. But it's I mean, it. that is a more like friendly version than what it actually was yeah instead of just bleeding everywhere yeah mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I, yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong but before we get started with this and before i introduce what we're going to do first i did want to kind of give a primer on some wrestling terms that mikey and i will probably be using in the episodes um and if you don't know them i don't i just don't want people to be all lost it's not Rocket science, it basically is what it it, it sounds like it is, um, but I did want to do like a brief overview. So if I at any point say that somebody has uh, is over, that just means that they are over with the audience, meaning that the audience is basically either super in love with them, like they're supposed to be, or they're booing the hell out of them, because that's also something that the show is trying to get people to do. Yeah, it just means they get, like, a reaction. Yes. If you don't know the term heel, it is a evil wrestler. Would you say evil, Mikey? I don't know if I'd say evil. It's, it's like, against the audience. Like, the someone you're supposed to boo. Yeah. If I say face or baby face, that is the good guy. So, that is someone the audience is supposed to be behind. Because wrestling is built on archetypes, just like every other type of fiction heel and face and face turn and heel turn are all things that i knew like a long long time ago thanks to our good friend tv tropes (laughs) yeah it's literally just it's just built on tropes there are tons of tropes that show up in wrestling it's like any type of fiction if i say someone gets a huge pop that means that it's the audience reaction when somebody does anything or like comes out um walks on the ramp if some if you're getting a pop like a loud reaction that's a good thing that means the audience is behind you no matter what you're doing whether you're doing 
awful things in the ring or you do something super cool, as long as the audience is invested, like, in that loud sound, that, that would be a pop. Okay, so, anybody that's probably been following me for any good amount of time on Twitter has probably seen my descent down into this whole situation. A couple of of boys that continually pop up on my feed. So today, I'm not starting out with just something random. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things ever, one of my favorite feuds ever, and it is part one of a probably a long-storied eight-year situation going on. So today, we're going to be talking about Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins in 2014. And man, do I love this. I just, I, I, I can't not tell you how much I love this. We'll briefly go over who those two individuals are, but there's some background going into this. And it, Mikey, for people who aren't familiar, how would you characterize these two gentlemen? Uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins claims to be like a genius and an architect and someone that is like a master strategist. He's really just like a whiny kind of immature brat that's yearning for approval from some kind of authority figure. Like he's your classic kind of teenage dirtbag just in the body of a mid-20-something man. <laughs> that's really the only way I can put it. <laughs> but he is very good at wrestling yeah let me just be clear he's a very good wrestler when he's in the ring with you his style's very like high flying and acrobatic he can do a lot of different things lots of curb stomps and clothes lines and stuff yeah his character is exactly what what mikey said you want to give uh dean a go as well yeah dean is like i've listened to some stuff that kind of talks about this whole saga from like a behind the scenes perspective and Dean originally wasn't intended as an audience surrogate but because of like kind of the everyman persona he has like he is just someone that's working really hard to like get things done and he'll do whatever it takes to win like go through any obstacles you put in front of him I think he self-described this character as like 90% John McClane and Dicard with like some other flavor thrown in. And I think that speaks to like what makes this character so relatable, but it's a little bit more than that. Um, he's also got like a good sense of humor. Like he he's not afraid to poke fun in like Seth Rollins or anyone around him and exploit their weaknesses. Yes. I wanted I wanted Mikey to describe these two people because I I don't know if I can speak from a um what somebody would first see when they when I looked at either of them. Dean is very dressed down, so he wears tank tops and jeans. He fights in jeans in the ring. Um, <laughs> he's he looks for lack of a better term, kind of like a mechanic. Yeah, he doesn't have any of that fancy ring gear. Yeah, he doesn't. He looks like he walked in from the street and was is going to fight you. Seth, on the other hand, is extremely put together. He is, uh, he just looks weaselly. Like, there is, there is no other way to describe it. He, 
he wears like a uniform in the ring. Like it, it, it's it, it's weirdly unsettling. He has this like blonde streak in his hair that's like not as cool as he thinks it is. Um, <laughs> he always has like super fancy pants and like all black like wrestling pants and boots, and then occasionally he'll show up in an all black suit that he's very proud of. At one point, he's like, I look good in this suit. I look good in this suit. And it's like, yeah, Seth, we we get it. You're very proud of your all-black suit. Thank you. (laughs) You can't really understand why these two are fighting. I mean, maybe it's very apparent when you describe them as such, but... The background is important. Yeah, you don't really know. Like, you can't really understand, like, the depth of this until you understand their background. So both Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, as as well as another wrestler named Roman Reigns, belonged to a three-person group called The Shield. And that's kind of how they premiered, too, right? Correct. So they came into the WWE as this three-man group, dressed all in black, tactical gear, just making a statement as soon as they walked in the door that said will take out anybody. They came in from nowhere and they 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 took over. They ran a rough shot over everybody. They beat everybody up in the back of the locker room and their whole thing was that they were dealing out justice in the WWE. No. What what is justice in wrestling, you might ask? That's a good question. <laughs> Eventually it kind of became loosely defined as matches that were like set up unfairly or people that shouldn't have been fighting each other or like anyone the man didn't like being kind of stomped correct they they very much came in as heels and worked basically for hire like i kind of described them at the very beginning as like mercenaries for hire so they would show up to matches that were scheduled that they didn't have any part of and they would just tear people down and primarily they showed up just to kind of raise hell a little bit but it all had this a very wicked undertone like the shield are just here and they're like destroying everything and there is like no rhyme or reason they say they're doing justice but they're just kind of like they're hurting the faces they definitely weren't good guys when they debuted and it kind of like went along that way for quite a while until they kind of got their own sense of self. So they stopped doing what they were told and started doing real justice in the WWE. So started defending the faces. They became like fan favorites super, super quickly. And like as the audience kind of came around to them, like they just switched a little bit and started doing the things for the for the good of for the good of the world wrestling entertainment whole thing (laughs) yeah so they went from kind of speaking to justice but what does justice really mean and not having any kind of definable motto to actually doing the things that i said initially yeah three people belong to this group dean ambrose like i said seth rollins and roman reigns and they were brothers They would speak about brotherhood all the time. We're not friends. We're brothers. And that kind of bonded them. Like, they would do things that 
I'd never seen a lot of other wrestlers do. Like, even teams, like, even tag teams. This group, they would always be out there for each other's matches. They would pick each other up off the ground. They would embrace and hug in the ring, kiss each other on the forehead. Like, they would just do things that were atypical of, like, this very, like, masculine, like, we don't do that here kind of sport that wrestling kind of can be sometimes. I think it's less so now than it used to be, but they just did things that were like, okay, these guys really are, like, something different. They're phenomenal in the ring, but also they're doing these, like, things that make them seem much more bonded together than usual. Yeah, and we didn't talk about Roman a lot, not to do him a disservice, but I will talk about him now and kind of describe him. So I feel like it's easy to get the impression Dean is the one that kind of, like, talks a lot and goes off a little bit. He's the one to talk shit about people. Seth is kind of the leader of the shield and Roman is there to go like, yeah, that's right. And like back them up and be like the guy that is standing behind them and keeping them strong. Yeah. He's, he's also like just much bigger than either of the other two, both in height and stature. Yeah. Like rounding them out as a, as a group. Yeah. So I don't want to say like, and Roman's there. Like, I don't want this to be that, but Roman is just, he's hes there and he's very important to the S.H.I.E.L.D., but this is not a podcast about Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 get, we'll get to that. I just wanted to bring him up so people had a mental image. I know. It's very good. You can probably see pictures in anything I put together to go with this podcast. So now we've built the S.H.I.E.L.D. up. Let's break him down. Because <laughs> that happened. Yeah. So any, like any good group of people. They have a limited time, like a limited time maybe together. <laughs> or maybe not, you know, things are a little bit different now. There's not an Im- necessarily imminent destruction of things that you love in wrestling. So for three, uh, two, about two and a half years, two two years and a, a couple of months probably, the Shield was strong. Um, they won a whole hell of a lot and... They had a little bit of some dysfunction near the beginning of 2014, where it just kind of seemed like maybe they were getting a little a little sick of each other and, and at each other's throats. And at that point, the authority of which we kind of lightly stepped around, as far as explaining goes, is actually called the authority. <laughs> Anytime I've talked about the man, that is the authority. Yes, the authority, which is Stephanie McMahon, so the daughter of the owner of WWE, Vince McMahon. Which like Stephanie is herself a part owner. Correct. And her husband, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, otherwise known as Triple H. <laughs> Who is the chief operating officer, I yes. believe. Yes. So they became actual like on-screen authority figures and they had been this more than one time but you know in in 2014 they were like they were a big part of the show as the authority and as the authority they know what's best for business which is their tagline and what's best for business isn't always what's best for the wrestlers or the audience but that's Okay, so they are typical, I mean, not so typical, there's some nuance there, but um, they are 
the man. Like that is the that is the role they play. They make rules that are unfair. They stack the deck in ways that shouldn't be stacked against people that are just trying to get by. God damn it. Um, <laughs> rip Daniel and, Bryan. Rip Daniel Bryan. Um, and they kind of came into the picture with the shield because the shield had been taking orders from the authority, like in their Genesis, like they were lackeys of the authority for lack of a better word. And Hunter basically had called, like he had created the shield, which isn't true, but that, that was his thing that he, he started to say. And as the shield started to spiral out of the authority's control, um, he vowed that he would destroy them. So he brought his old group together called evolution, which is Hunter Batista, or may as you may know him better, Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and Randy Orton. I don't know how to describe Randy Orton. <laughs> the Viper. <laughs> the Viper. Randy Orton. He's a bad a man. A cunning and devious and brutal <laughs> opponent in the ring, let's say. <laughs> so, Hunter put his group of bad friends together. Um, in order to try and destroy the shield. And through a couple of matches, it proved to be that you couldn't do it. Couldn't break the shield. Couldn't defeat them in matches. Just, you beat them down and they'd, they'd, stay, they'd come back up. And, you know, it was pretty much alluded to that the reason that they continued to be strong is because they were brothers. They had a indelible bond in which you could not break except oh except yeah well so on june 2nd raw evolution was so randy orton triple h and dave batista were talking about how to defeat the shield and batista was like i'm done i quit not gonna face them again nope mm -mm. and walked out stormed out and that kind of left Triple H in a bit of a pickle. But if there's one thing about Triple H and the authority, it's that he always has a plan B. And what is that plan B in this case, Charlie? The plan B was to offer Seth Rollins some deal he absolutely could not refuse. So in the darkness of... Some time and place between the last pay-per-view, which had just been the day previous, and June 2nd, 2014, Hunter offered Seth a deal that says, you betray the shield, and I'll make you the man. We'll give you everything you ever wanted on a silver platter. We'll, we'll, we'll push you forward. It'll be easy for you. All you have to do is betray the shield. And Seth, because he is insecure, tremendously insecure, took him up on it. And in a in an in a segment that is extremely hard to watch. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I watched uh, it for the first time for this podcast. Oof. Yeah. Uh Hunter saunters down to the ring as all three members of the S.H.I.E.L.D., who are on top of the world, and aren't weak. There were no cracks, supposedly. 
they also i think like they basically thought that they had won because evolution wasn't going to be able to field a three-man tag exactly exactly so they were like look like nobody's nobody's come we won like yeah like we've snuffed out evolution it's like i said it's hard to watch so triple h saunters out to the ring with randy orton who is in his like his wrestling gear he's got a sledgehammer which is triple h's signature weapon and talks about how by the way but at this point seth has left the ring and grabbed a chair to which it seems like he would just be grabbing a chair as an equalizing force mm-hmm. triple h just says he's not losing this because there's a plan b he also says a lot of pithy words about adapt and survive that comes up a lot can it you does. tell that he likes that with his team's name being evolution you know it's it's a lot it's not very subtle no no it's not <laughs> seth reels back and hits roman in the back with a chair to which roman falls forward like he's died literally <laughs> like like his spirit has left his, left his body and in one solitary moment, Dean Ambrose's heart shatters in his chest. There is a absolute look of disbelief at first, and then horrifying realization as then Seth proceeds to take the chair not only hit Dean with it once, more than once, bending it and actually breaking it. There's detritus in the ring afterward. Mm -hmm. And it's... Yeah, it's it's just rough. Yeah, it's rough. I know we had talked about, like, the people in the crowd. There's this one idiot who's clapping on the outside of the... Like, he's, like, he's clapping. I don't know. That's a man I would not want to sit next to. There is somebody who starts yelling, why, really loudly. <laughs> and, you know, this really goes without saying, but the segment, like, is shocking, just for the fact that it's, like, a twist. But the performances by everybody elevate this to be, like, something extremely gut-wrenching. Yeah. And I'm going to point out Dean in general, because his look... Yeah, his face. Like, the look he gives Seth is that it is, but it is, it is heartbreaking. He realizes he's just been stabbed in the back by somebody that he trusted. And, you know, you can read into it all you want about, like, however you feel about the shield and however you feel about what their relationship is. But there is nothing but heartbreak there. Yeah, and seeing, like, when Seth joins with hunter stands next to him he takes one look at his farmer shield brothers and then turns away as like hunter grabs his shoulder it's a lot yep i put in my notes that uh seth like sells his soul to the devil because yep. that's ex that's exactly what he does it's true and it ends on a on that note you just mentioned hunter got him grabbing his shoulder like, oh, you did a great job, and Seth won't even look at the, the carnage he's left in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of starts this whole thing. 
a knife in the back for, for uh, <laughs> all intents and purposes. Yeah, which brings us to, so there's always that side of the coin. So there's the big betrayal, but then we get the follow-up, which is a little bit afterward. And Dean has some choice words for Seth after the betrayal. The shield was untouchable. And we will go down in the history books as one of the greatest groups in sports entertainment ever. We dominated WWE. We beat everybody. Even Evolution. But we weren't healthy. We had a cancer inside of us. Little did we know. And that cancer's name... That cancer's name was Seth Rollins. History is full of people like you, Seth. Everybody in this building knows somebody like you, Seth. The kind of guy that would stab his brother in the back. Suck up. He would sell out to the authority. Now, when I get the opportunity to rearrange your face, which I will, your nose isn't going to be here anymore. It's going to be over here. By your ear. I say ear because you're only going to have one left. I'm going to rip all your dirty, stinking hair out by the roots. I'm going to stuff it in your mouth. There'll be plenty of room where your teeth used to be. Seth Rollins, my brother, you are scum, and we are looking forward to what that scum has to say tonight. We want you to stand out here in this ring in front of the whole world and lie through your teeth. We want you to stand out here in the middle of this ring in front of the whole world, and we want them to hear Triple H's words coming out of your mouth. We're going to listen to every word of it, and then we're going to beat the hell out of you. You know, I think this, I think this is, I've seen a lot of Dean Ambrose promos, but I think this one is, is very, very, very impassioned and angry, and it gets me to buy 100% that, like, Dean is willing to do literally anything <laughs> to get his yeah. hands, to get his hands on, on Seth. It is, it's very, it's very visceral and it kind of gives you a taste of like the Dean Ambrose that you're going to be getting going forward. He, he tells Seth that he's going to rearrange his face and his nose is going to be by his ear. explicit detail. In explicit detail, his nose is yeah. going to be by his ear. I say ear because you're only going to have one left. <laughs> I mean, just the way he like growls out cancer is Seth Rollins is, yeah. is very good. Yeah. You are scum. Yep. The, it it's got a whole lot um as you as you just heard i i really like this promo a lot it's very vivid and i really like the little stinger that it ends on we're gonna listen to every word of it and then we're gonna beat the hell out of you and dean does this thing where he just like throws the microphone down and it mm -hmm. just like it just yeah. like makes this really loud sound when it hits the ground um it's really it's like a really good piece of like pitches it over his shoulder 
yeah it's it's just really good and what you can't see in that is every so often they cut back to seth rollins in an all-black suit watching from a, in from safety in authority hq nodding and just you know kind of raising his eyebrows at appropriate intervals as if to say <laughs> i'm not impressed by you nope <sighs> and it's that same night that seth comes out to explain his actions mm-hmm. which he writes off as a not a big deal and b that he was the architect of the shield and he he did everything for for them that he could just really self-aggrandizing like yeah. words i like i don't know if you heard but as he's making a statement or like right after somebody yelled at him to sit down really loud <laughs> and he comes out to this chorus of of people like and this is how you know that this is like this angle's like over and like that this like whole shield the trail thing was like really the fans were really like into it because seth goes to talk and he's and everyone is just shouting you sold out you sold out and like he looks he like looks and he's like no 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 i didn't sell out i bought in i bought into the evolution of seth rollins so basically he, he gives yeah he gives this whole spiel and just like dean said every single word that came out of his mouth is triple h's yeah the promo is really good but there's some good fights. Um, my favorite thing about them probably being Dean's angry Wolverine noises when he like goes ham on someone. He goes like, ah, rah, rah. it's very good. <laughs> like it just launches bodily on them and starts wailing on them on the floor, like covering all of them as he's like punching and hitting them. It's very good. Yeah, it's uh, Dean just yeah, Dean just goes at it. So yeah, Dean um, does everything 100 percent all the time he does there's no like he's either on or off there's no like halfway yeah, for dean ambrose absolutely so you know seth gives this entire like interview where he calls dean a lunatic and <laughs> weirdly sets up both dean and roman's characters moving forward <laughs> yeah because <laughs> honestly like at this point the shield are so over like when they come out there's just immediate just the audience is like gives them a standing ovation basically Mm -hmm. so everything that seth is doing to just be absolutely a dirtbag is just furthering that because it's like okay this asshole is trying to fight them well clearly like us is like he's trying to stop them from doing what they're doing clearly us as the audience like need to root for whoever he's trying to to unjustly put down yeah and i think my favorite thing that gets repeated a lot throughout this entire saga is the clip of seth saying um dean ambrose is a lunatic given a week to his own devices he'd end up face down in a ditch um i don't know that's just so that just so like encapsulates like what's wrong with seth like Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the fact that like he he's like putting himself he's like putting himself outside of this like bubble it's like oh i never cared about them they were a means to an end and i think he says that too Um, yeah 
you know the best time that yeah I- <laughs> like they thought we were brothers well to me they were just business, business partners. partners yeah <laughs> um it's like and it's also like it's also sad to see like somebody that like was like i don't know what i'm trying to say like I don't know, like, Seth's fall is also, like, just really sad, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I hate this guy. But, like, also he, like, literally gave up everything, like, to somebody that, like, will stab him in the back eventually. Like, Hunter's not a good guy. Like, Seth's the flavor of the week. Yeah. But. So, so he goes from there, from tearing down the shield to getting his ice cream for getting good grades. Um. (laughs) He gets to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, Charlie, Which, what is the, Money in the Bank? Money in the Bank is a guaranteed contract um, for a WWE World Championship match or title shot. So basically, it is a match where there is a where there is a ladder and the Money in the Bank briefcase with the contract in it is suspended above the ring and you must take a ladder and climb that ladder and get the briefcase and the contract is so it, it is such that you can have a match anytime any place ever so if somebody's at the end of a match and face down in the ring gasping for air you can lock your ass out with your money in the bank briefcase and cash it in and get a match like so basically anybody that's got the briefcase is a guaranteed champion yeah Um, it might sound very easy to just climb a ladder and grab a briefcase but what happens during that match is that there are many men in the ring also all trying to get the briefcase and seth rollins has the possibly bad idea to ask for dean ambrose to be added to that match as like a last minute contender because Dean has threatened that if he doesn't get put in a match, it doesn't matter because he's going to show up anyway and ruin the whole yeah. pay-per-view. Yeah, and so Dean, or, you know, Seth doesn't want to take a chance of his big prize getting ruined by Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and Dean has, in the, in the lead-up to this, Dean has been um, stalking Seth. Um, he'll show up at his matches. He'll show up outside. <laughs> he'll, he'll he'll show up anywhere and just basically ambush Seth and beat the hell out of him. There's a so, shadow haunting Seth Rollins. Rollins, it very much is. Um, so Seth asks to have Dean put in the match at least, so quote unquote, he can keep an eye on him. Hunter says it's a bad idea, but Seth wants to do it anyway. And yeah. And- I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the Money in the Bank match, but there is a little, like, brief preview at the beginning where Dean kind of explains his motivations and what his thoughts are. And he's like, case or face? Case or face? (laughs) Uh, Suggesting, like, he can't decide whether he wants to beat Seth Rollins in the face or take the Money in the Bank briefcase for himself. And uh, he kind of ends that with daddy's going to be mad at you <laughs> in this extremely weirdly sexual charge promo. I mean, that's pretty much anything, Dean Ambrose, honestly. Yes. Um, let me just also put forward that in this entire situation, there's a deep undercurrent of sexual energy. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you have Dolph Ziggler there. Like, that oh. kind of goes without saying. Mikey, did you really say that? <laughs> I mean, he does have better hair than Kenny Omega. He do- It's not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> Sorry, um, I just had to say that. Uh, oh my god. No, but <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is there. He's another wrestler. He's got bad hair. Maybe look to a... Uh, it a, looks like ramen noodles, and then he has sparkly uh, underpants. Yeah. He's the show-off. He needs uh-huh. to have those. He needs uh-huh. to have those. Yeah, but Money in the Bank is like a really... that like Money in the Bank 2014 is a really solid and brutal ladder match with kind of like enough twists and turns to make it really sell this feud. And it ends with putting Dean even more over because Kane and the Authority rig the match for Seth. Kane, um, who's another member of the Authority, sometimes he shows up in a suit, sometimes he shows up in a demon mask, as you do, (laughs) literally holds the ladder for Seth so he can climb. Yes, after pushing Dean off of the ladder, who was inches away from getting the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yep. Um, Dean would have won the Money in the Bank briefcase if not for Kane. So, yeah. Uh, So Seth obviously becomes Mr. Money in the Bank, and that was... Not necessarily plan A, but plan B. And yeah, authorities and got a bunch of plans. there's always a plan B. So. Ugh, no, yeah, there's crucially gotta... always a plan B. They never get a C. They just always have plan B. And, yes. Um, which was, you know, uh, Kane helping Seth win Money in the Bank. Literally winning it for him. But you know what? That doesn't keep Dean down. Because... The night after Seth wins Money in the Bank and wins his match, he he goes to gloat about mm-hmm. how everybody didn't think he could do it on his own. And that's another thing that Seth also, does. Also, he always wants to be referred to as Mr. Money, Mr. In, the Money in the Bank. Now, you it's... cannot just call him Seth Rollins first um, because he gets on the, the kind of uh, show host. And says, no, that's Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins, to you, toots. <laughs> and it's Renee. It's just like, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and he goes on. It's like, oh, you, you, you're all just bitter. You're just bitter because you, you're not me. And I'm going to play another clip because it's just that damn good. So in my opinion, y'all just bitter that I was right and you were wrong. Because you realize this here is my golden ticket. This here is a contract. I get a shot at the WWE World Heavyweight Championship anytime, anywhere. And if last night is any evidence, I always get what I want. Listen, puppet boy, from one scumbag to another, You don't really think this is over, do you? You don't really think you won last night, do you? You didn't win. In fact, your plan A failed miserably, and your daddy, Triple H, had to bail you out with his plan B, sending Uncle Kane down to knock me off that ladder. No, I'm not even upset about what happened to Money in the Bank, because it might be more fun this way. Every time you even think, about cashing in that contract, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna haunt you. 
So go ahead and make all the plans you want, because that briefcase you're holding doesn't have a contract inside. It's loaded with TNT. And every time you try and cash it in, it's going to blow up in your face. Seth! Believe that. Gosh, puppet boy. <laughs> I mean, he is. I love this promo. I love Dean's promo so much. I love it so, so, so much. From the beginning, listen up, puppet boy. Uh, <laughs> and just the fact that he's... Uh, he's not put off in the slightest. And in fact, it's like the best comeuppance in the world because he gets to say... You know, you know, I'm not even mad because it might be more fun this way. Yeah. And now he's going to haunt Seth. Anytime he tries to cash in his money in the bank contract. No, you know, it's not a contract inside. It's loaded with TNT and it's going to blow up in your face. Seth points at the briefcase, says, this means I'm the man. Dean's like, hold my beer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and the fact that. Uh, Mm, it's so good <laughs> sure enough seth rollins tries at the end of the june 30th 2014 raw to cash in that's against cena yep yep and dean's there because john cena is like totally laid out and dean just arr, arr, you know wolverine <laughs> leaps for him and just like such a loud crowd reaction like they just love him they're fighting through the crowd roman's there you know, it's very good. Yeah, it's 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 basically Dean coming like following up on what he said. He's like, I'm going to haunt you. And you can believe that. I just love that promo so much. It is like, I think it's like top, like one of my top tier Dean promos. Like, yeah, it's just so damn good. I think my favorite moment of this entire saga is what comes right afterwards, because Basically, to put this all to bed, or so he hopes, Seth Rollins agrees to fight Dean Ambrose one-on-one, -on -one, but before that, they have a stipulation that has to be decided in a beat-the-clock challenge. And so it's Dean versus Alberto Del Rio and Seth versus Rob Van Dam. Who these men are is not super important to like the overall story they're just like other wrestlers that are around at the time so the beat the clock challenge means that the person with the best time and who wins the match gets to set the stipulation for for the, their summer slam match so if dean beats alberto del rio who's gonna set the standard so he's his match is first but he's got to beat alberto del rio and then whatever Dean's time is, Seth's got to beat it. And if Seth beats his time, then he'll get to choose the stipulation. But if Seth either doesn't beat his time or loses his match, then Dean gets to set the stipulation. Yeah, so Dean kind of struggles with his, his match a little bit. He's got a busted up shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes it makes it real hard. Real mummy, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, Rob Van Dam. Not an easy opponent for Seth, but the authority always has a plan B. So they announce after Rob Van Dam's already walked down the ramp that actually, no, um, Seth's opponent will be Heath Slater. Heath Slater, who's <laughs> just kind of, uh, I don't know, like a raver, like, but with weird <laughs> pants. Like, I don't know what his character's <laughs> supposed to be, but it's pretty obvious he's a goofball. Yeah, he's in the three-man band. 
Okay. Oh, it's like it's a gimmick. I where don't know what that is. It's a it's a gimmick where they're like all rock and roll stars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that checks out. So yeah, that should be like pretty easy and should be um you know super easy to beat Dean's time of like fifteen minutes or something. Yeah. However, <laughs> Dean Ambrose and this really tickled you. <laughs> I love this so much. Dean Ambrose shows up, just like walks out of the announcer area. And you hear, like, the crowd go off before you can even see him. He walks out, takes a soda from the front row of the audience, opens up the Money in the Bank briefcase, which is sitting on the announcer table, takes out the contract, pours the soda in, tears up the contract twice, like, eats it, blows it out of his mouth, then gets a tub of popcorn, pours the popcorn in the soda, and then the announcers are like, well, that's the popcorn's now candy. <laughs> Which, and then he takes one of the, the announcer that's always the, on the side of the authority, takes his cowboy hat, stuffs it up in the Money in the Bank briefcase in the soda popcorn concoction, closes it all up. And, like, meanwhile, like, Seth is just, like, he cannot concentrate. He's like, no, stop that. Put that down. Like, he's disciplining a bad dog. And Dean stands up on the announcer table and swings the Money in the Bank briefcase above his head, spewing soda everywhere. <laughs> and meanwhile, while he's doing this, Heath Slater pins Seth Rollins. So yeah, Seth loses. He rolls him up and pins him. Yeah. Yep. It's so good. <laughs> it's so it's comedy gold. Seth is furious. He's whining. He's like, I can't believe you've done this. Dean's like, I'm going to cause problems on purpose. It's amazing. I'm going to cause Dean is very much. I'm going to cause problems on purpose. Absolutely. Oh, man. It's like, no, that that's that's very, very good. So that kind of like whole thing leads into, OK, well, Dean gets to choose the stipulation. Mm -hmm. So he sets it as a lumberjack match, which, what is this? Because I don't know that I still understand exactly what a lumberjack match is supposed to be in the ideal state. Well, let's, let's play the clip, and then I will explain. When we were in the shield, you sold out, you sold out, you sold out. the you sold out chance. Rollins would leave the shield and join the authority. You know, when we were in the shield, everyone knows that you were the unstable one, and I was the brains of the operation. But after your antics on Monday night, as much as it pains me, I have to give you a little bit of credit that was pretty clever. But it's been a long week, so let's cut to the chase, all right? I heard all your, your little cockamamie stipulations out there. I know you know what you want to do. So name your stipulation already, and let's be done with it. Come on. Well, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce to you Mr. Money in the Bank. Hey, that briefcase is looking a little rough today. Uh, you might want to take that for a good detailing. You know, maybe give it a buff and shine, something like that? Shut up! You know what your problem is, Ambrose? And it's been this way the entire time. 
You like to think with your heart and not your head. And I get it, that's courageous, all right? People appreciate that. But you know what? That's only going to get you so far. And it's sure as hell not gonna beat me at SummerSlam. If you used your head half as much as you used your heart, you'd be able to figure out that it really doesn't matter what stipulation you put on this match because SummerSlam is the end for you. Is that what the people are gonna get, Seth? I guarantee SummerSlam will be the end for you and the entire world will be able to watch it live on the WWE Network for the low, low price of $9.99. Is that what they're gonna get? Or are they gonna pay $9.99 to see you get me kicked out of the building again? Are they gonna pay $9.99 to see you drive away in a car? Are they gonna pay to see you run? No. No, not this time. This time, they're gonna get something worth a whole hell of a lot more than $9.99. They're gonna get Seth Rollins stuck in the middle of this ring with nowhere to run because if you try to run, you're gonna run into a wall of bodies. The same bodies we built our reputation on, the bodies we used to stack one on top of the other. We made a lot of enemies together, Seth. And those enemies are gonna make sure that ain't nobody running from this. Those enemies are gonna make sure that we tear each other apart at SummerSlam, Seth. I promise we will tear each other apart. Now, if you're old school, like me, you could call this match at SummerSlam a lumberjack match. You call it a human cage, you call it a wall of flesh, call it whatever you want, but call it the end of the line for Seth Rollins. I swear to God, I promise. SummerSlam, August 17th is the day Mr. Money in the Bank goes broke. Okay, so as Dean says, you can call it a human cage, you can call it a wall of flesh, you can call it whatever you want, but I'm old school, and I call it a lumberjack match. So a lumberjack match is a match where surrounding the ring are about 20 like other wrestlers, and their task is that they're keeping both of the people in the, who are in the ring wrestling in the ring. So... Seth and Dean are going to be there, and Dean's primary concern, because this is what Seth does all the time, is that Seth is going to run away. So, in order to make sure that doesn't happen, they're going to have a lumberjack match. So, if you leave the ring, try to run away, try to get out, the lumberjacks are there to throw you back inside. So, this is Dean's plan. Run, Seth. Run while you still can. He ends up screaming at the end of this episode. Seth delivers like a pretty brutal promo too about you think with your heart and not your head. And meanwhile, he's just like jumping at shadows. Dean's popping out still. He pops out of a present at Hulk Hogan's birthday, <laughs> which is it's so funny because Seth is like convinced that Dean is there. So he like faints and like jumps towards the present like a couple times. 
and then turns around with his money in the bank briefcase in hand, which is still banged up from uh, Dean having some fun with it. And then Dean pops out of the present and jumps yeah. over him. I'm glad you got to see the present. I went back and watched that special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Dean is just making Seth's life a living hell, but why shouldn't he? You know? Yeah. That's it. What else are you going to do? In Dean's mind, Seth Rollins kind of ruined the one good thing that he had, his family and the shield. Exactly. So, you know, payback's a bitch. <laughs> and then we arrive at SummerSlam, which has an amazing intro video package, I must say. Yes. Yes, yes, it does. It kind of recaps everything that's gone on from this point forward. I don't know if I'm going to put it in, Mikey. It's long. It's it's long. Um, but yeah, they're they're lumberjack match where nobody's nobody's gonna be able to run away or escape. Not that that was a concern for Dean. And you know what? This match is okay. Yeah, I actually was not that thrilled by it. Like, it does have some good moments. They pretend like they're gonna do a flip off the mezzanine. Dean repeatedly jumps out through the rope. It's a suicide dive in WWE. Don't ask me why. But he jumps through the ropes to take out, like, all the lumberjacks and Seth, like, multiple times. Because eventually, as might be suggested by the fact that they almost do a flip off the mezzanine, they do end up outside the ring. The lumberjacks do not do their job. The lumberjacks end up too busy fighting against each other. Yeah, the lumberjacks also, like, it stated several times that everybody around the ring were victimized by the shield, which is true. So it's supposed to be, like, a non-biased situation. They hate both Seth and Dean equally, which I get. I also wrote a note that says, I really, in Seth's outfit in general, I hate the superimposed abs. <laughs> yeah, it's so a, bad. There's, like, an airbrush, airbrushing of abs on there. It just, He's like, got like really defined abs it's unnecessary it's really weird dean looks like he's ready to go shopping that was also one of my notes <laughs> dean takes seth out with the clothesline as seth is staggering to get up dean grabs him pulls him up holds him very close and kisses him on the forehead ah uh, yes yeah i i do probably the best part of this match is Dean using Seth, one of Seth Rollins' finishers, which is a curb stomp, where you, like, just take your boot and slam it down on someone's head. Yeah. He pushes him down, and with a face that says... And he, he looks very distraught. He looks like he doesn't want to do this. At that point, he curb stomps Seth, which is Seth's finisher, which is poetic. Very, very poetic. I also do like the, the elbow to all the lumberjacks and Seth. That is also very good. And this match has repeated use of Dean's finger gun, mm -hmm. which he may or may not have stolen from Kenny Omega. I don't know. Who knows? Or Kenny stole it from from somebody else. And <laughs> who knows? It's not stealing. It's inspiration. But, of course. <sighs> yeah, I, I just have written here, Seth is fucking slimy and wins <laughs> yes so there's big interference there's all the lumberjacks get into the ring then fight out of the ring and then corporate kane good old corporate kane comes into the ring and even though he's eliminated by somebody dean's a little bit distracted and seth takes the money in the bank briefcase while the referee's not looking and clocks him with it and wins the match 
Yeah, and then he proceeds to hold, Seth does hold the Money in the Bank briefcase, like he's a baby holding his blankie. <laughs> it's all he's got. It is literally all he's got in this world. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, the authority's just going to do what's best for business. <laughs> well, as you can tell, that didn't go very well for Dean. Yeah. Can I just say really quickly, the next Raw after this match... They do a fake out where this other person that the authority had had it out for, Daniel Bryan, was taken out and he may never be able to compete again. Who knows? The doctor's performing surgery. They do his entrance music, but it's not Daniel Bryan that comes out. It's Stephanie McMahon. And his motto is yes, yes, yes. And she comes out with a Steph, Steph, Steph shirt. It's very funny actually like in an awful way the way they work is the authority basically desperately tries to steal anything and everything that makes the faces popular but not understanding why that makes people like them like if you just take their essence and slap that onto yourself or take their catchphrase that will make you good and cool but you know they don't understand that that's not how that works that they are still the man yes it's capitalism everyone but this episode this episode's interesting for one daniel bryan's story is very interesting and we will at some point get into it not this episode not this episode but two the episode after SummerSlam. there's always like some other big things that happen ice bucket challenge the ice bucket challenge was big back in 2014 <laughs> so uh <laughs> uh dean helps uh seth seth participate yeah and then says what, what? it's for charity <laughs> <laughs> and throws the bucket at seth's head um because dean's not done with seth by a long shot mm -mm. and then they have a very sinister meeting between seth and triple h and kane in which seth says we gotta put him out put him out for good and hunter tells him to take care of it yeah and the WWE universe, aka the fans, are going to give the stipulation because, as Triple H says, they don't want to make Dean Ambrose into a martyr. So whatever happens to him in this match, they can be secure that the fans will have some ownership in whatever the result is. So the fans vote, <laughs> and it ends up being a false count anywhere match which means anywhere in the arena, basically, and pin your opponent to win. You know, there are a lot of really, like, weird things that happen in wrestling, but the sequence of events that happen from this point forward is strange. Yeah. And yet, like, one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> Can I just say this rematch, I think, is actually a better match it is. than the Lumberjack match itself. A, I just love when Dean does a drop kick. He just makes them look so brutal. They're very good. They're very good. And then he dives on Seth with a chair from the top rope. This is important. He sets up a pile of chairs. Dean does. And then Seth ends up powerbombing him through them. He puts Seth through a table. He runs across the announce tables to to leap onto seth it's very good like there's just all kinds of antics also dean seems to really like running across 
the announce tables as like a runway to jump, yeah. doesn't he? No, he he did, he did it in the SummerSlam match too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going really well for a while. It's a good match. It, it really is until Corporate Kane shows up again. Yes. Basically, Seth and Kane get the better of Dean and have him laid out on an announce table, and then Kane walks over to a ominous box question mark it's like a table that they'd manufactured it's a table covered in like a black tablecloth so you can't tell what it is and then go ahead underneath that or contained within that is a pile of cement cinder blocks to which kane drags dean's body over to the cinder blocks puts dean's head on the cinder blocks and Seth is standing on the announce table, all the while Michael Cole is screaming, which I thought was good. Like, like Michael Cole's not the best announcer. He flubs a lot of things. But, like, sometimes when he, like, puts enough passion into it, it, like, gets across what's happening. Although, mm-hmm. you know, he's there screaming but doing absolutely nothing to help. So, oh, I mean, they all are. Yeah, so Michael Cole is screaming, like, get him off of there. Like, as soon as Kane takes Dean to the cinder blocks, he's like, somebody get him off of there. It, it It's very effective because what Seth does next, after a moment of contemplation, one second, perhaps, of contemplation, he curb stomps Dean's head into a pile of cinder blocks. Yeah. And Dean appears to be out. They bring EMTs in and cart him off, basically, like in the meat wagon. And that brings us to August 25th Raw, uh, where we have the eulogy of Dean Ambrose. Which is probably my favorite segment. It's very good. I mean, it's, I think it's number two. I have a, I have a, a, a first favorite segment, I think. But this, is, this would be it if, if 2017 hadn't happened. Don't you think, Charlie, isn't your favorite thing about a funeral when it's less about the person that was lost, but more about how awesome you and your friends are? That's my favorite part of the funeral. That's my favorite part of a funeral. I mean, you show up at your- We are gathered here today not to talk about Dean Ambrose, but to talk about the authority. Can I tell you that Seth walks out in his black suit to the ring, which is adorned with two- Large wreaths. Floral wreaths, yes. A black, like, podium, like you'd see at a church. And the... (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. The It's like a mugshot picture. The best, worst photo of Dean I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) It's like a mugshot. (laughs) Or a really bad driver's license photo. It is... It is very bad. But it's also amazing. Like, like I w- you couldn't capture his essence in any other way any, better. Correct. It is the pure essence of Dean Ambrose. Um, and I will put that up because it is, it is, it makes this entire thing. We should really thing. just make that the cover. It is, it makes this entire thing. I mean, Seth makes this entire thing. Yeah, his v- fucking villain laugh. <laughs> well, first off, first off, first off. He just likes to laugh. At Dean's pain. Seth's laugh is one of the best things about him being evil. Yes. And second off, 
the beginning of this where JBL, the one of the announcers, is like, be strong, Seth. Be strong for everybody else. <laughs> like, because Seth is like, he looks like he's openly, like, conflicted about what happened and that he's, like, upset and, like, he's there and, like, Kane pats him on the shoulder and he starts off on this how Dean was handpicked by him for the shield because pain was never a factor for Dean Ambrose. Like, Dean's dead. So I love nothing more than, like, fake murder. So, like, kayfabe murder is one of my favorite things about wrestling. So kayfabe is a thing that we didn't uh, actually define. Please, please explain. Kayfabe is just the fiction of wrestling. It is the canon, if you will. Everything else like behind the scenes interviews or stuff that aren't in character or aren't in the canon are what we would consider meta and other mediums. Is that is that accurate? Yes, that that's very accurate. So in the story of of this whole thing, Seth absolutely tried to commit a murder. Dean has been injured. We don't know if he'll ever be back again, but in the fiction of it like there was a murder and I mean, it is labeled a eulogy. Seth is there eulogizing Dean. I love this so much. I'm going to spend some time on it. This whole thing turns because what he is saying subtly turns to, okay, yeah, Dean Dean was good. But at his, like, I had to prove yet again at his expense that the authority always wins. And then it also, like, everything that Dean was, Seth made him. Yeah. And it, like, turns into this, like, it wasn't my fault. It was your fault. Everyone out here's fault. It was the WWE Universe's fault that this happened. And then... (laughs) And then there was a clip. We played the clip again. And when we come back from the clip, Seth is just laughing maniacally. It is like... It's like something out of Twin Peaks, almost. (laughs) It is so scary (laughs) but like also like oh my god i can't believe i can't believe this and then and then proceeds to just uh say how great the authority is and how he's the future and then mikey who shows up roman is here roman is here roman would would never let this stand so roman comes marching down from the audience and ruin and ruins the eulogy Oh, that's another important thing about the shield. They never entered a normal way. They always entered from random audience corners. Yes. They always came in from the audience. So he marches down. And Roman comes and he slams Seth with the podium. Thank yep. you. Thank you very much. Um, he comes and saves every, And it doesn't save everything, but he ruins the entire thing and beats the hell out of Seth. Later, they give him a handicap match of the authority. So Seth Rollins and Kane versus Roman and Roman. He doesn't win, but he does pick up a cinder block and nearly hit Seth in the face with it. And then Seth and Kane run away, very afraid of Roman Reigns, as they should be. As they should be. As they should be. Yeah. And it takes like a full month for Dean to come back. Yep. Uh, Dean's gone for five weeks. Dean is not on television for five weeks. So that's a long time to just be away. 
Yeah, like it's it's like a comic book long time and it's an eternity in wrestling from what I understand. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is quite a long time. And Dean reappears in, in a moment that is also very, very good. He stages a sit-in in the ring waiting for Seth to answer for his crimes. <laughs> yes. And I might put this clip in because I really like, I really like Dean's promo. It's he very says, good. He says that it is, you know, getting your head smashed in by cinder blocks. He says he's not dead and is, and he's back. And WWE's ugly stepchild is back. And that getting his head stomped in to cinder blocks is actually pretty cool. So. Like something to the effect of I love that shit. Uh, yeah, so he, he he sits down in a chair, and he demands that he's not gonna leave until Seth comes out to kick Seth's ass. Because he is, he's still r- raring to go. The same night that Seth, that Dean came back, Seth also sabotaged John Cena's match. And this has got John a little bit hot, too. So, Seth doesn't come down, but John Cena certainly does. And he and Dean have this really good segment where Dean is basically like, no, you can't have Seth. He's mine. Yeah, because cause John doesn't really want him for him. He wants him because, like, he ruined John's whole title situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah, his, like, he was going to beat Brock Lesnar, and then he didn't because Seth interfered. So... Yeah, I'll be honest. At this point, I had lost complete track of what was going on with John Cena. So <laughs> I was like, it's- okay, sure. <laughs> it's fine um but no uh cena wants a piece of of seth but dean won't have it so they kind of enter into this little little mini feud inside of this other feud where they're like oh we're on the same side but like don't mess with this it is mine like seth is my problem i'm going to take care of it it's like some like spy like born identity shit of like yeah he's mine for revenge yeah like like i think in a promo before hell in a cell i'm pretty sure like dean says like seth rollins is my brother and he crossed me it's my responsibility to put that right like i can't live with myself until i put that right so dean needs this like he needs to make seth pay for the things that he has done like it is it is just like very much like a revenge thriller type of situation yeah so charlie how do we get from here to the end of this whole saga explain that for me (laughs) so the authority attempts to uh like feed cena and dean's contempt for one another so that they will squabble and obviously lose their eye on the prize which is seth like making oh, seth so they pit them home. against each other correct so during this entire time like those things are happening um like they're trying to like put gasoline on that fire but you know dean is very single-minded so in between that point and where we're going next dean steals the money in the bank briefcase from seth mm-hmm. has a segment in the ring where he has stolen a bunch of merchandise from the stands and he puts I remember it all on that. A, yeah, puts it all on a table and says it's free and gives it away to everybody <laughs> while he's got Seth's briefcase on the table and Seth's security team, J and J come out to like ha- have Dean give that briefcase back. Seth has hired security at this point. Yes. And 
Seth comes out eventually, and Dean says, okay, okay, you got me. All right. Don't want any trouble. And he leaves the briefcase on the table, and he wanders back uh, out through the crowd. Seth opens it. It sprays him with green slime. It's so good. Because <laughs> then it's just, like, dripping down his face, and it's the ultimate, like, it's such a childish prank, but because... Seth is so insecure. It just works so oh, well. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it, it does more damage to Seth's ego than losing wood. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really, really funny. It's just like this th- thick green slime. <laughs> it's very funny. There's some Nickelodeon uh, shit happening. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's very good. And this kind of culminates in a match between Cena and Dean, the authority put together, which is a contract on a pole match. It's silly. And whoever can climb up the pole and get this contract. Is this Mulan? No, and it's not. It's not. This is a very weird old thing. Okay. That is around still for some reason. It sounds like Mulan. Whoever can climb up the pole and get the contract first wins a date with Seth Rollins inside a hell in a cell. And a hell in a cell is a steel cage, but a more dangerous one. Mikey, what makes Hell in a Cell different from a regular cage match? You're new to this. Can you I, tell me Can you tell I, me if there's a difference? I don't actually know. Okay, so a Hell in a Cell, it is a cage match. Mm-hmm. But some very dangerous things have happened in inside this cage. Oh, okay. But what... Is it just... Because of the heritage of a hell in a cell, like Correct. the presumption of danger. Correct. Okay. Which they do evoke back. So like the original hell in a cell, we did watch together. So I do know this. Um, the original hell in a cell was between a gentleman known as Mick Foley, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Mankind. He has several different personas uh, because people continue to ruin his life. And <laughs> Triple H. Oh um, no 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 no! Oh, this is no. This, this was this was ninety. This is ninety eight. Hell in a Cell, which was uh, Mankind versus the Undertaker. Oh, Undertaker! Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got <laughs> I got a little overexcited there. Um, but Mick Foley does show up and warn them like a ghost from Christmas past. <laughs> yes. So uh, he warns both Seth and Dean that they will not be the same after their bout in <laughs> Hell in a Cell. Yes. Foley who has who lost teeth and went through the ring and went through the top of the cage and went over the side of the cage it literally like fell apart we watched these originally like back to back uh together and so it was very obvious to me watching the original hell in a cell and then watching this one with seth and dean where they had reinforced the cell so that people did not fall through in the same way because the original hell in a cell was just a bunch of like hercules fence like zip tied together it was really bad and they got up on top of it yeah <laughs> it fell through yeah. all the way so 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 this is kind of this, this this is this is kind of like the thing i wanted to do with this podcast which is like look at the feud look at the look at the last match in the feud which is basically supposed to be your conclusion to your story so what we've gone through is the rising action and now we've we've hit the falling action, and now we're at the conclusion. I will say, the promo at the beginning of Hell in a Cell, where Dean says that he is going to make Seth look like roadkill and it's oatmeal bad. on a poster stick. It's bad, Mikey. It is so it's bad. A lot. It, is, it is a miss. 
It is a hell of a miss. Yeah, that promo was bad, Mike. <laughs> it's yeah. Like it the the tooth, the rearranging the face and feeding Seth his hair works because it's so like dastardly, but it almost seems like a writer like was trying to capture that same magic, but like make it Halloween themed, and it just oh, it misses. It misses hard. I, I don't believe for a second that Dean Ambrose is someone that watches The Walking Dead, let alone would reference it in promo. Um, like, it, it's just bad. Yeah. Like, it, it, it just wasn't good. And even Dean injecting his flavor into it didn't make yeah. it good, which is, yeah, yeah. That, that's that. That one's bad. The intro package, however, is very good. Raining destruction upon those who wrong you. Seth Rollins put a knife in my back and said it was just business. Seth Rollins adapted and the shield perish, perish. Somebody stop him! No, 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 no! Seth Rollins almost cost him his career. Dean Ambrose, I sold you out, but at hell in a cell, I'm going to put you out in hell in a cell we're gonna burn together but you you're gonna perish alone when that cell door slams you're locked inside it this instrument of evil will go on to define you the same way it did me heed my words scars the scars that will haunt you for a lifetime will not heal. We're gonna burn together, together. Welcome to They start the Hell in a Cell on top. They start it with Dean with a kendo stick climbing on top of the titular cell, much like <laughs> Mick Foley did in that original one. Yeah, so there's lots of callbacks to like a previous hell in a cell matches so dean starts on top of the cell he has his kendo stick he's like big and seth to come down seth comes down with j and j security which is his security team and seth looks at the top of the cell doesn't want to go up there so he makes j and j climb on top of the cell <laughs> j and j climb on top of the cell dean knocks them both out with the kendo yep. stick dean wails on him with the kendo stick and he and Seth end up on the far side of the cage fighting each other in another callback to to previous Helena cells and they end yes. up falling off in a from the top of the cage in a way that looks very dangerous but in the meta of the real world is not actually all that dangerous but it looks dangerous which is important. Yes, they 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 fall they fall very much off the top of the cell like from the side on the announce tables and weirdly, and this, I don't know, like this, I don't know if this part works for me. The, the fall off the cell works for me, but they get stretchered. So there are stretchers that come down. Yeah, which is another callback because Mick Foley did get really injured really bad in that original yeah. one. So they both get put on these stretchers and they start to wheel them away. And then Dean cl climbs off of his stretcher and then goes to get, goes and grabs Seth. And by the way, this, the match hasn't started yet. The bell hasn't rung. No one's inside. No one's been inside the cage. So, like, he grabs Seth, 
pulls him into the cage finally and screams at the referee to lock it. Lock it! Yeah, which again is another like callback, like this has all happened before. Yeah. As as you showed me. Yeah, it's 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 very, very good. Yeah, that's a callback to the one with Triple H. Yes. Where they yes. um lock him in and Stephanie McMahon, then uh much younger Stephanie McMahon was forced to look on in horror as her on screen husband was fought in the cage. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a say. lot. It's a lot. Yeah, so the match starts in uh, with like Dean firmly in control. He acquires a bag of tricks at one point that has like uh. duct tape and screwdrivers and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he has writing on his hand wraps. What does the writing on his hand wraps say, Charlie? Hell and cell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't. That's... I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. It's no titty master. That's that's <laughs> for sure. That's for damn sure. So. He takes out a screwdriver and, like, acts like he's going to use it on Seth's head. So I guess, like, he's done callbacks to that in later matches then, which I didn't even, like, process until Yeah, the screwdriver, he grabs Seth and has his neck and grabs that screwdriver, and Seth is, like, screaming bloody murder. It's it's a lot. Yeah, that part is good. Yeah. Dean, bless his heart, gets another pile of steel chairs out in the ring he threw them all in the cell before he decided to climb on top yeah he threw them all in in the beginning but once again unfortunately seth uses them against him <sighs> yeah and it's he, he does the gun fingers again though the yep, guns. He, he, he definitely i don't know why does. i said gun fingers instead of finger guns finger guns gun fingers i mean it's all the same yeah there are multiple spots with tables at this point Seth goes through a table, like, uh, Dean picks him up and throws him out of the ring onto tables that had been set up previously. Lots of boys flying through tables. What is pretty weird is Corporate Kane is there. He takes a fire extinguisher to Dean. Yes. And blows it in his eyes to blind him. Seth doesn't really use this to his advantage and instead just throws a big baby tantrum. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, the announcers at one point say Seth Rollins created him and he's destroying him, referencing Dean Ambrose. I don't know if that's true. That's the narrative Seth likes to say. Correct. And I I don't think it's, I don't think it's true. You know, Dean goes through another table. Seth walks him back into the ring after that. And at that point, Dean Dean does use the money in the bank briefcase. Correct. Seth's skull. Correct. And a- afterward, it has Seth <sighs> reeling. He grabs the. Sorry, I'm sighing because I know something's I, I know. coming. I'm, I'm, I'm not done yet. I know. There's, there's a bunch of other spots in this match. So Dean, like, does the same chair shot, like the same exact chair shot that, like, Seth did to him, like, when he betrayed the shield. Yes, that was very good. It's very good. He hits him with the chair seven times. Seven times. And he says, you stabbed me in the back, you son of a bitch. And he's like, his voice is just full of emotion. And, like, that sequence is absolutely incredible. And afterward, like, Seth is, like, basically begging Dean to to not. <laughs> like, that's, that's really all I can, that's really all I can say. 
but there's there's so much there's so much that happens. So the end of the match seems to be coming, and Dean grabs Cinderblocks from the bottom of the ring, brings them in. He puts Seth's head on the Cinderblocks, and he is, looks like he's crying. He does. He looks like he is crying. Yeah, yeah. He has and like he, tears in his eyes, and he says, as he's got Seth's head on the Cinderblocks, he says, "I'm sorry. I loved you." I didn't want to do this. And it is, that is brilliant. Like, that is, like, so good. And then, unfortunately, the lights go out. Yeah. You could have just ended it there. Or maybe, like, the authority, uh, you know, I think I would have preferred the authority shutting the match down more than what happens next. Correct. I would have as well. Like, that would have been fine. It it just would have been fine. Like, people like, would have been super upset, but I feel like, I can't go back to 2014 and interview people, but I feel like they were upset at what came next anyway. Correct. So the lights go out, and then there is an illuminated figure in the ring with a hologram? A ghost. It is bizarre and out of absolutely nowhere. And there is, like, like mist and there's like this hologram and like dean is like really like what the fuck (laughs) is happening and suddenly another wrestler named bray wyatt who is like how would you okay how would you how would you describe bray wyatt mikey um that like he's like riffing on like a bayou persona he's he's white to be clear and like It's funny because at the beginning of all this, in June 2014, they had a match with one of the Wyatts and they explain that he came back from a pay-per-view like changed. The background of this is they've been doing like weird shit off and on for like the past however many months. Yeah, but he's like creepy, supernatural, like occultist. Hillbilly. Hillbilly, basically. (laughs) This is the only way to describe it. Yeah. It's not a knock on anyone that lives in the South. The United States South in real life, that's just what it is. Bray Wyatt appears, grabs Dean, gives him his finisher, which is called Sister Abigail, onto a chair, and then Seth wins. It's bad. It's absolutely horrible. Like, I don't even think I would have cared if Seth had won, if it had been in a, a satisfying way. Yeah. Because then then they, like, then afterwards, like, there's no real conclusion to this whole feud. Because then, what do they go and do? Like, then Dean, like, starts feuding with Bray Wyatt afterwards. Yes. And it just, like, it's like they didn't know how to, like, stop and then, like, start a new thing. So they just pivoted to another thing. And, like, there was no conclusion. I will say, like, having come from comics and reading comics and then starting wrestling, like, at least, like, for a comics event, even if it doesn't end up changing the status quo for very long, at least there's some definitive ending. But this doesn't really have any of that. Like, Seth keeps being with the authority. In fact, we don't even really get a conclusion until, like, years later. Yeah. When, like, Seth apologizes to Dean. This is not the last time that Seth and Dean feud. Yeah. This is a time that it has got tremendous, like, heart behind it. 
the story is really engaging, all of that to like have this happen. Like there is no conclusion. Dean doesn't get his win. He doesn't get that like closure he needs. And I'm okay with that because that leaves him as like it like a, with an open wound. Yeah, but having like some kind of conclusion story-wise would have made this stronger. Oh, absolutely. Like 100%. Like this is like my favorite feud of theirs because they have like another one. Um they actually have like three more, but this one like fresh off the shield betrayal and all of that. Dean has a damn good reason to want Seth like put in his place. Seth's being eaten alive from the inside by his greed and his drive to like be the best and being like manipulated on top of it. Like it just has so many good elements, but like the blow off ma- match for the feud ending needs a hell, in- especially a hell in a cell. It's supposed to be this like big conclusion. Like these men will never be the same after they leave. So maybe Seth needed his head stomped in. Yeah. If they had, like, mutually assured destruction or something like that, and the authority put the end of the match and it ended in a mutual disqualification, like, I feel like that would have been... Yeah, I agree. Like, they just tore each other apart, and then it's like, we have to put an end to this. That would have been really good. Because then, like, at least, like, it had to defined moment where it's like, okay, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, we we, we can't keep doing this. No, I, I agree. I agree. You know, we we kind of just talked through it, but um that's that's it. Like that's that's this that's the story. This the story that I love very much that has a very bad ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, which sucks to say, but you know, it's it's it is what it is. So, uh, one of my ending thoughts was, you know, was this match a good conclusion to the feud and the story? And unfortunately, no. <laughs> it was not. It was not. It did not. It, it's left hanging on like a bad hangnail, which, like I said, in, in one way that works for me, because like I said, it is this festering wound that Dean can never close. Yeah. But Bray Wyatt, excuse me. And I don't hate that feud because it's weird. It's like very weird. but. It wasn't, why? There was nothing, like, that had ever come up in between that point A and point B that says, hey, Bray Wyatt's gonna happen. It was just out of left field. Yeah. You know, uh, I got some some questions to to, to, to kind of, like, answer. What was was your favorite moment, or what was the coolest moment for you, Mikey? Like, what was your favorite thing from this entire... Of the Hell in a Cell or the whole thing? The whole thing. Um, probably... Like I said, the showing up and just absolutely decimating the money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> it's that's that's very good. I mean, all of Dean's promos are very good, but I like him showing up in person just made it like really, <laughs> really sold it for me. Yeah, I um I really, 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 really love that eulogy. The curb stomp into the cinder blocks is very good. And the eulogy after it. Like, those are probably my favorite, favorite things. Yeah, those are both very good, too. Those are probably my second. Yeah, just so, so good. I just really like Dean being a dirtbag is all. It's, he does it very well. Yeah. Well, 
if there was something you could change, what would you change, Mikey? Is the answer the <laughs> ending the ending to Hell in a Cell 2014? Y- yes. 100% yes. <laughs> yeah, no. That 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 absolutely is correct because I think everything else is good except for maybe the hot dog cart. I don't like that. Did you see the hot dog cart, Mikey? No, I didn't. Don't worry about it. Didn't like it. I I get <laughs> where it was going, but I I didn't wasn't a big fan. Maybe I would also change the I hope senpai notices me sign at money in the bank (laughs) (laughs) also that uh speaking of signs what was your favorite sign i would say at hell on the cell 2014 but you took you took some other signs yeah there's his time is meow the i hope senpai notices me and then you had a very good naruto one there was a sign at hell in the cell 2014 right near the front row that is a picture of sasuke from naruto and the bubble says, you're annoying. And it's just, that's it. There's no context for this sign, but it is probably my favorite sign. There are some other contenders that are just confusing, but I'm going to post the signs so you can all see them. <laughs> As for Hell in a Cell, I'm going to ask you, Mikey. I'm going to ask you for your star rating on this match. Solid 3.5 out of 5 stars. <laughs> sorry the ending just really ruins it (laughs) yeah also like there's some weird pacing issues in the fight also (laughs) (laughs) you know yet that's fair harsh but fair i'll i'll uh i'll go with you and say yeah 3.5 if it didn't have the end that it had and if it didn't have the like the stretcher spot that i think ruined the pacing of the match i think those two things would obviously boost it up for me because it does have some really good points in it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just uneven, unfortunately. Yeah. That's I would say almost like even more uneven than the Lumberjack match in SummerSlam. Yeah. And some of their matches like on like weekly TV were like excellent. Like Seth and Dean in the ring together. Chef's kiss. Yeah. I would say overall the matches on Raw and SmackDown are better than the pay-per-view yeah. matches. Maybe maybe you don't want to have that on the pay- like maybe that's not the thing you want to have. Maybe you want to have the good matches on the paper. Yeah. Hey, you know sometimes. Oh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. All right, but I think that about does it for us today. Yeah, here on Match Club. Yeah, it sure does. I keep wanting to say young ones. It's I, not that. <laughs> I almost did too, and then I was like, no, I shouldn't say it's, that. It's not that. Yeah. Um. So. That was it. So here we go. If you like the podcast and you would like us to succeed in this endeavor that we've started, please, please, oh, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Five stars, hopefully five stars. If you're not going to have something less than five stars, then why even do it? And reviews are, are great. Reviews are great. Well, supposedly. I would also say, if you do not have an iTunes account or do not listen to your podcast on iTunes, sharing with your friends or spreading us by word of mouth is also very good and helpful. Yes. So if you have a friend, retweet, likes. Let them know. Let them know. Let people know that we exist and we're doing this thing. And it's a, a thing that's not being done by two straight cis men talking about wrestling because that's boring and why would you want to listen to that? So help the algorithm, help everybody out, and let people know. Well, don't help the algorithm. Help us beat the (laughs) algorithm. 
if the algorithm was a wrestling stable, you want us to be the scrappy underdogs that are going to beat it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That's how that uh, goes. You can find us on Twitter at Match Club Pod. Episodes will be bi weekly on a date that is yet to be determined. So we'll fix it in post and or on our Twitter bio. Correct. So you'll know you'll know when it happens. So please follow that Twitter if you'd like updates. You can find me personally at Genetic Ghost on Twitter, where I talk about basically wrestling. Also some comic book stuff. Also some other stuff. You can find my work link there. I am a writer. I do other things other than podcast. Mostly I am just existing in this universe. Mikey, where can people find you? You can find me at quantum dot dot on Twitter where I talk about graphic design, tabletop role-playing games, video games, wrestling, all manner of things, and I post my work there um, when I do work that is not for work work, because I can't share that, unfortunately, such as the lovely cover image logo that I did for Match Club. So yeah, you can find all my work there, all my tabletop games, all that good stuff will be on there. All right. So join us next time when we take a look at Bailey and Sasha and their NXT feud. I'm so excited. We're going to switch it up. We're going to do some men wrestling, some ladies wrestling, some things that are in the past, some things that are present. I can't see the future, so that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing then. So No, this isn't uh, fantasy booking. No, I can't fantasy book a match and then will it into existence. So... That's that. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have an outer yet. Please uh, come back. But I will I will leave you with this little nugget. One of my favorite parts from one of Dean's promos during this entire situation. We're gonna burn together, but you, you're gonna perish alone. Boom. Bye everyone. 